Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day number 12 of the 12 Days of Podcast. Jeff, can you believe it? We made it. Can you believe it? We're here. We're alive. We Barely. put out great content for 12 days straight. And guys, the truth is you don't know half of what actually went into making this what it is. But the way it seems, the perception that is out there and the way that it lives on is excellence and perfection. And Jeff, let's call it that. Yeah, let's just say it was the easiest 12 days I've ever experienced. I don't even care that it's easy. I just like that that people are getting the final product and digging it, and that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Jeff, for, for the last time this holiday season, I'm mm-hmm. going to go over the lineup. It started off with Cameron. It continued in L.A. with Cord Jefferson. Then we stopped by Tinashe's house for an interview with her. We had an episode back here at our place with our friend Bun B. We sat down with James Rico from Real Goats. Gia Peppers came over. We were back in L.A. for an episode with Jorge Penache. We were down in Atlanta for Young Baby Tate. And then we finished up in New York with Illmind, Jim Jones, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and today... It's our brother, Dan, our actual brother. Not the colloquial term. No, people (laughs) are always confused. Wait, who's twins? (laughs) Who's brothers? How come you don't work with that brother? How come you work with this one? Are you guys twins? All this stuff. So, yes, Dan is my twin brother. He's Eric's regular brother. And Dan has a real life outside of this. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, we get into all that. We do. It was it was a pleasure to sit down with Dan. Dan, who has seen a lot of podcasts, lived through a lot of podcasts. Dan has, like, real jobs. Now he actually has a real podcast. Yeah. We were delighted to sit down with our brother. It's funny because, like, our relationship isn't us interviewing him. I think the funny thing is to, you know, we have lived our lives parallel to one another. Yes. But there's a lot of stuff that we actually don't know. Well, that... <laughs> There were some funny things that we found out in this episode, um, and I guess you guys are finding out everything in this episode. So look forward to that. Look forward to, what do we have, one more episode in 2019. Yep. And then... That comes out on uh, the 31st. Yeah. So then we got, I guess, a whole slew of things happening after January 1st. Look forward to that. And in the meantime, if you're new to us, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Yeah, why not? It's it feels like for all the Dan fans out there yeah. who are really like on the fence. Yeah. You know, should I should I pay attention to what else these guys have? Yeah. If Dan hasn't brought you this far, <laughs> let's push you over the edge. Come on. Come on. Come on over. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. <laughs> subscribe below. <laughs> Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up, Eric, a.k.a. Brooks Brothers, a.k.a. Family Ties. Yo, what up, it's Jeff, a.k.a. The Fly God, a.k.a. Jeff Goldman. Yo, what's up, it's Dan, a.k.a. Eric and Jeff's brother, a.k.a. the third favorite brother on the third favorite podcast. Yeah, it's your third favorite podcast, The Waste Time, it's the real. Bow, 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 Damn, what's happening? What's going on? Dan, Dan, Dan. This is what the people wanted. The streets have been asking. And here you are. Do you understand the fascination that listeners have with you and your life? No, not at all. <laughs> and by the way, I've sat and watched a lot of these podcasts happen. Yeah. And now that I'm sitting in the seat, 
Mm. That happened really quickly. <laughs> we got into that pretty quick. We take off and just, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of when I went to The Price is Right. And, <laughs> and when they do the warm-up into the show, it happens so quick when they call everybody up. You did not get called up with The Price is Right. I did not. Much no. like The Price is Right, when you leave here, uh, you're going to have a picture taken in front of the green screen. Do you also serve Bob Barker burgers and Plinko pizza? Uh, no, not, not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Not anymore. But that's a great suggestion. Okay. I'm glad you made it. Dan, a lot of people do have a fascination of your of your life, of your career. A lot of people have run into you on the streets yeah. with and without us. You've gotten uh, people sending Asking for jobs. Yeah, resumes that say, hey, I'm a fan of your brothers. What is the weirdest circumstance that you've run into? I mean, they're all fun. I think the weirdest one, this is many years ago. One time, Jeff and I went to a party when I was back from Cleveland uh, for a weekend and uh, we ran into Miss Info. Eric wasn't there, and I'd never met her before. And she said, "What happened to your hair?" <laughs> and I said, "Nothing. I don't know." Because <laughs> she thought I was Eric, obviously. I don't so know if that I says guess, more about you or or Minya. Yeah, yeah, I, I think know. it says more about Minya. Very racist. <laughs> I don't know, but that was a little strange when that happened. But uh, I, I don't know. It's all fun. I think it's great when people recognize me for being a part of what you guys do and it's also like i'm a part of the the crew but also you know it's your guys podcast and your guys you know brand that you've built not mine i think what's made this ask of having you on the podcast special is that we like to congratulate a person and and show them what their life looks like i think from our perspective which is really nice and you've lived a life that is very deserving of that and you've taken a lot of risks you've lived in a bunch of different places you've gone away when, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at Jeff and myself and are like, wow, those guys got a lot of guts, you know, they do things independently. And, and you know what, maybe it's true, but there are certain things that we haven't done. One of them was move far away when you were looking at colleges. Mm -hmm. And listen, both you guys are twins. You've known each other your whole lives. Yes. Although Dan is older by a minute. The furthest you guys had been away from each other really for the first 17, 18 years of your lives was like across the hall. Yeah. And actually. to go to Indiana University when, you know, I would go upstate to Syracuse or Jeff went over to Boston and train right away. Like, were you afraid? Were you nervous? Not at all. And, and I think once I got there, it was sort of like it hit me like, hey, you're now off to sea and there's no life vest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've, I just sort of said, I'll figure it out. And I did. And I made great relationships and great friends. And, and I'm lucky that, you know, it was for the great years I had um, and built up experiences and relationships that helped me and stay with me through through today. Um, but I was never like nervous going there or or concerned. It was, but there were certainly early days where it was like, I'm over my skis a little bit, and I have to you know get back to figuring out how to make new friends and and adjust to being in a different part of the country. Well, especially because everybody at Indiana University seemed to be from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I think it just it goes back to just not assuming things about people. So I assumed everyone knew each other because Indiana is a relatively small state and people knew each other from, oh, my high school played your high school in, in basketball. And I assumed everyone knew each other, but they didn't. And just like when you go to another country or go to another part of, the, of this country, you know, you can't make assumptions about people. And I think that helped me get over whatever concern I did have on the front end. Did you always want to work in sports? Yeah. Just like you. I mean, I think you said it best. Well, Eric says a lot of things best. <laughs> yeah. I we, say a lot of things okay. I think we all say a lot of things best. I don't think we say everything best. We Eric, say we the best is what we, we the say. Best. Yeah. yeah. 
So Eric says, Thank you, Nick. Eric likes <laughs> to describe college as either an apprenticeship or like trial and error. And uh, Eric was more of an apprentice, wanted to go to school for film. And I was dead set on working in sports. And Jeff was someone who was in the other category. <laughs> <laughs> trial and error. Yeah. But there's neither one is right or wrong. It is, I was pretty focused on, on working in sports. I didn't know what that really meant, but um, I stayed pretty much on pace and on track the entire time. Yeah, Did I you was, ever think about like something outside of that? No. I always found that to be like the the craziest thing because like, what do you know about not you? What does one know about sports? Right? Like you say like, oh yeah, you're gonna work in the front office and you're going to be you know working with the players, and then one day you have that discussion with Dan, and he's just like. I'm not like I'm going to work in ticket sales and I'm going to sell, you know, expensive suites and get high profile clientele, really nice seats. I found pretty early on that I enjoyed the business of sports and um, I wasn't like reading the New York Times business section growing up. But as I got more internships and volunteer things in college, like I just liked the behind the scenes of sports and I never had a desire to be a GM um, or coach and I wasn't athletically gifted enough to be a player. Uh, you did play lacrosse. Did play lacrosse. But I, I think it just was like, as I got deeper into it, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. And I realized there was a whole business, just like in any industry, there's there's a music business and there's a sports business. And I wanted to work in sports. While you were at Indiana University, you had an internship. Actually, you had a few internships. Yep. You were at the Brooklyn Cyclones, mm-hmm. which called for you to be out in Brooklyn handing out pamphlets. You yeah. were handing out with the bird or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. I was talking about this the other day. I hung out with Sandy the Seagull. <laughs> in minor league baseball, you do everything, You, which is great in many respects when you're younger because you can try everything. So I was literally the operator when you called the Cyclones office. I was in the box office um, when people wanted to buy tickets, and I would go around Brooklyn passing out pocket schedules. I also, during the season, we would pull out the tarp when it was raining. No matter what you were doing, you'd sell hot dogs. I, they also have a hot dog race uh, where they have three people dress up as ketchup, mustard, and relish. <laughs> Wait, you were one of the things? I was one of the, yeah, I was one of the hot dogs. Did you win? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, Jeff, I know you're surprised, <laughs> but it wasn't because I wasn't the fastest. It was because... <laughs> Or that I wasn't capable of winning. Mm-hmm. It was much like reality TV. It was scripted, oh. and, and I was supposed to take a dive, and I did. I played my part. Oh, no, Dan, Dan you should have. You you had to win for the Rosenthal's. You know, I didn't think I was going to figure anything out today, but here we are. Oh, yeah! Shout out to Greg Mayo who just walked in the building. <laughs> yo, yo! <laughs> One of our special guests today. What's, What's happening? How are you? <laughs> did you know that Dan was a mascot and he lost in a race? <laughs> I think I did know that. Oh, well. Why do you know more about my brother than I do? (laughs) Greg, there's a microphone over there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which one were you? Were you uh, ketchup, mustard, or relish? I I don't remember. But I remember that I had to get in the costume. And it's not, one, it's not easy to see out of. Two, shockingly, (laughs) it's not easy to run out of in. So uh, I was happy to take a dive and... You know. All right. And Happy that, to take a dive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is getting more suspect as we go along. Yeah. By the way, Greg, you can uh, ask the questions that maybe Jeff and I cannot ask from our perspective, just because, like, you know, I know a lot more about Dan than you do. <laughs> yeah. It looks like asking yeah. a lot of ketchup-related questions. I can do that. <laughs> Since you had that intern experience, pulling the tarp out, handing out schedules, running the races. Now, Dan, you're you know you've been a senior vice president. You've been an executive. You've managed people. Do you have an appreciation for all the little things and the little people? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've always been one to try and know everybody's name in the organization. I've never been so high up in an organization that 
uh, I've been too far from the bottom. I've probably <laughs> been closer to the bottom than, than the top at this point. And yeah, I've always subscribed to the philosophy, never ask anyone to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. So, and we learned that pretty early on going to camp where uh, if there was a, when you're working at camp, if there was a rapper with a W yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the sidewalk or on the ground or there was some garbage, you pick it up, didn't matter if it was your job. So I think that's sort of permeated throughout my career. You go on to be an intern again at the Indiana Pacers? Yeah, I was... Uh, Were you still handing out pamphlets in I, Indianapolis? No, I was Got it. I was in the ticket sales department. I made more intern work, so I was making copies and doing... But Hanging I, out with Sandy the Seagull? No, they had a uh, boomer. But I, my, <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. My first week, I went to a Pacers... Um, I think it was the, the Eastern Conference Finals. And it was Reggie Miller's last game. Wow. And... I was so excited to boo Reggie Miller. Yes, in in India, in Indianapolis, a as a good proud, Knicks fan. Yes. Yeah, very and, good Knicks fan. And to this day, now I probably shouldn't have done that because I would have gotten fired. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, nobody saw me, or nobody that worked there saw me, and I made sure I made my my presence felt. Wait, was it a quiet boo? No, it was it, like a, like a, a boo. No, no, I, a, a boo. I, I made sure to put some some like it was like haunted. It. Yeah. No, no, it was equal to the push that Reggie had during the Eastern Conference Finals in New York when he pushed Greg Anthony. Yeah. Uh, blatantly pushed him and didn't, <laughs> didn't call foul. So I made sure to reciprocate that with my... Thank my you boot. for your service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Dan, you're, you're out there in Indiana and that is a professional franchise of the highest order. Yep. They are, you know, perennial playoff contenders. They're, you know, chock full of Hall of Famers from, you know, the front office down. Mm -hmm. What do you learn about the business? It's a grind. I mean, ultimately, like any business, you need to build relationships with your customers. You need to make sure you're being integrated in the community in every form of facet so that, um, you know, the, when, when the team is winning, uh, there's, there's deep support around the community. When the team needs to invest in the building and needs to maybe pass a bill, that support is still there. When the team's losing, you still have those deep connections. And so, you know, I worked a lot on the Indiana Fever and you know we had to build up community support so it's that's it, the WNBA team WNBA team rapper with a W <laughs> rapper with a W yeah <laughs> so we had to uh we had to hustle so it's figuring out how to sell it's learning how to build relationships and it's learning how to to position a product that may have a preconceived notion about it okay so then does that make it easier or harder to go to a city that has never won <laughs> that has um, the highest expectations year in and year out, Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think of it as one or the other. I thought, when, I mean, when I was in, in college working for the Pacers, I was also working for the Indiana football office uh, on one day a week, and I would make phone calls trying to sell Indiana football tickets for, for the football team. How easy is that? I didn't know a lot about Indiana University athletics besides Bobby Knight, um, but not really a ton before I went there. Uh, I have become a huge Hoosiers fan since, but historically Indiana football is the worst, one of the worst, probably 10 teams in the big 10 in, <laughs> in, in, in the nation. Well, and, and, uh, in my entire life, I think in 35 years, they've been to less than five bowl games <laughs> this year. We actually happen to be, I say good relatively. We, yeah. We've won eight games. We're about to be Tennessee in the Gator Bowl on January 2nd, I believe. Oh. So get, get ready, Tennessee fans. But what I was going to say is, at the time, we were terrible. 
uh, and so s- nobody wanted to buy Indiana football tickets. By the way, am I and the only one who noticed that it went from like they never won a bowl game to we, to yeah, we yeah, are yeah. now? In a, well, yeah. listen, it was before, pre me and, and post me. <laughs> so, so I would, you know, I learned that it, when you make a hundred phone calls, you're lucky if you get one person to pick up. Um, and maybe out of every you know, few hundred, you get a one yes. So that when I went to Cleveland, that's the mentality I had. It was just it wasn't necessarily going from Indiana Pacers to the Cleveland Cavs and thinking one market's better than the other. It was, it was just hey, I'm in a new market. I have a job to do, and I'm going to figure out how to do it. Um, before we get too far, I do want to ask a question about your time that was in college. You were there with Eric when you guys both went to see Kanye in New Jersey. Yeah, so shout out to Ben Jonas, uh, a friend from college. So Ben, when I was when I was in school, uh, I wouldn't go on like spring break or I wouldn't go on um, like winter break or go to like any you know on vacation. I would just come home to New York. And so I was coming home on spring break, and my friend friend Ben was going to come with me, and he was like, "Hey, like, how far is Asbury Park <laughs> from Westchester?" And I'm like, "That's ah, kind of far." Um, but we drove down Asbury Park, went to the show. It was uh, Kanye, John Legend, I think maybe at the time it was still John Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, playing keyboard, Miri Ben-Ari, uh, and obviously our, our good friend Don C, who was DJ Offbeat, I think, at the time. Yep. Our good friend. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Again. Well, when was the last know, time you spoke to... It's pre-Dan <laughs> and post-Dan. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. met... I yeah. think I, I know, I've met Don C that night. Mm-hmm. But I've never spoken to him since. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you want to know what a good friend nonetheless. Yeah, right. They but left on great terms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're, we're jumping around a little bit, but I think you know, in our relationship as brothers, people ask me in my professional life, "Oh, when they hear what, what Eric, Eric and Jeff do, they want to know. Oh, that must be awesome." It, and I say it is because I get the perks of Eric and Jeff's career, and they get the perks of mine. Yes. So when I say our friend Don C, it's because I'm I'm absorbing <laughs> your friendship into mine. Okay. Yes. Much like, you know, when I'm at a... My know, good friend, the New York Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> when when I was working for the Yankees, you know, you guys got front row seats a couple of times. Uh, yeah, even better than that, you would hit us up at like two o'clock on a Monday and be like, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing for lunch. But why the don't game you come starts to, in five minutes. And yeah. <laughs> why don't you come up and use a suite? Yeah, so it works out for everybody. So our friend Don C was <laughs> yes. at, at the show. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite memories because after the show, and I talk about this to this day. I mean, I think it's it's impressive what you guys did and do um, because I wasn't there, but Eric, you weren't yeah. there. But you you guys have an encyclopedic knowledge of of music and rap, much like I do and many do about sports. And so Eric was able to coax and convince the people around. Kanye, it's that Eric was credible because he knew lots of people and what some of the things they were working on, uh, the the businesses they were starting and the, and the film business they wanted to get in. And he built a good relationship. And obviously, that Eric's told that story before. But you know, there was just three of us hanging by the tour bus, and then there was another two or three groupies. So it was a really small crew. Yeah, we obviously didn't go on the tour bus. The groupies did. But, <laughs> but uh, Eric bought his Consequence mixtape and. The rest is history, but that was a really cool experience and, and an awesome show, just because to say, hey, we 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 remember Kanye back then. Uh, we were you know kind of on the train first. Yeah. So wait, so it was Ben's idea to go down? Yeah, I mean Ben was again he didn't know a lot about the area, and so he's like, hey, I saw this show. It was going to be in Asbury Park, uh, and I said, let me. Yeah, I think it's far, but we can go. And I asked Eric. He's like, yeah, why not? And Eric drove us down, and that was it. Ben has not been getting enough credit for your story, Eric. I guess not. Shout yeah. out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. I believe that when you moved to Cleveland, 
both Greg and Jeff visited you. Is that correct? Or is that Indiana? It was Greg came to yeah. You came to Indiana. I did. And so did Jeff. Yeah, no. yeah, we oh, were there okay. together. Yeah. That was uh, when I got when I when they lost my luggage and then I got spilled on and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a long story we don't have to go into right now. But yeah, that's <laughs> next not, time. Not that's next time. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you do have a lot of good stories. I, I mean, did you? It's my life, man. Did you? So this is your best friend. Uh, I'm not introducing you. I'm saying, this, hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but did you, you know, think anything of Dan going to the middle of the country and away for the first time? I, I honestly thought if anyone was capable of it, it was Dan, of our friends. I thought, like, Dan was driven in a way that a lot of us... I mean, we were all driven in well, our wait, own ways. How would you describe Dan, Dan in high school, and how would you describe all of our friends? That's a good question. I mean, we were nerds. All of us were kind of nerds. I'll say that. Sure. I feel like Dan had, a, had an extra interest in... I mean, obviously, what he ended up going to do, and was sort of like a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go wherever it takes to get that thing, right? And we all sort of like scattered a little bit. That like there were certain like you know friends like Bob or Rich or somebody. Their 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 interests were like purely academic. It seemed right. So like it was wherever that was, but you could do that anywhere. You know what I mean? Dan was gonna go where where he fit in to find. And, and get a leg up as quickly as possible. And if that meant the Midwest, then that's kind of what it was for him. You know what I mean? Do you feel the same way? I mean, I guess, because that's what it ended up being. But I, I think that we all, yeah, I'd say I would describe us on the smarter side of the, certainly we're all on the, the nerdier side of our of our high school class. But we weren't, I think what, we, what was cool about our group was that we all sort of flowed between lots of different groups. We, you know, our high school wasn't like the jocks and the nerds as much as many <laughs> right. were maybe sure. perceived sure. On, on TV. But, uh, you know, Greg played baseball. I played lacrosse and ran track. Bob and Rich ran track. Shin ran track. So not everybody was... Everybody ran track except for me. You, you didn't play sports, but you were in the... Everyone band. was either. in marching bands. Yeah, we were hey. all in the marching band. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I helping. Don't, and I don't not everyone that. played in marching band, but everyone <laughs> I, was. I band. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. So, I mean... We, we were in lots of different groups. I mean, I think that we all did the different things. And, you know, Jeff, you and I rapped in high school. I could think we, we were all in different groups. And I think that's what made us, um, and we got along with everybody. The thing that surprised me actually was how little we saw Dan once he went to school, right? Like he, I mean, yeah, he came home during breaks and stuff, but like, hey, summer internship, wherever it is, that's where I'm going. Um, you know, in between, you know, during some breaks, I got to stay out and do work. I got to stay out and meet people and do the thing. Yeah. I was surprised. I don't know if I don't know if surprise is the right word. I was impressed, I think, yeah. is what it was. It was well, like, all right, here we go. He's gonna do whatever it takes. Dan stayed out there and uh it was his twenty first birthday, which mm-hmm. was the first one that he wasn't back in New York to celebrate. And so uh Jeff and I spearheaded this thing that Greg was a big part of, where we did a birthday tribute video <laughs> to Dan with like 40 or 50 friends. Right, because it was my first one not being with Dan yeah. and vice versa. And so we put together this big video with like sketches and with uh, sincere moments and callbacks and a, a lot of fun that we sent out to you um, with a lot of surprises in there too. Did you did you miss home? Were you so focused on business that you were like, oh, this is where I have to be and I don't even yeah, put emotion I mean, into it? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm – of course I missed home because there would be birthdays or there would be events that I wasn't there for, um, not just in college but in Cleveland. But uh, in particular with that video, you know, when I was in college, 
I yeah I I missed I mean it was it was weird to not be there and and I also I think you could tell by my tone when I when I responded to the the phone call which was Eric and Jeff kept calling me and saying hey we sent you a package <laughs> let us know when you got it and I was like okay and then hey did you get it yet <laughs> nope did you get it yet no I'll call you when I get it and then I finally get it and they're like okay can you watch it right now with us on the phone I'm like Ugh. and so I was sort of like being a jerk about it because I was like I don't. <laughs> I don't need all this like attention to to watch this TV, even though well, because we even though that I na- later found out like with lots of, you know, uh, love and yeah. and and, uh, and thought and and humor, you guys and made cameos this, from yeah. girls who you barely knew in high school. Yeah, so it was a great way. Or long to, lost, great, you know, it was a great, is amazing way to to be a part of something that I was not there for, but. I, you know, I think I was pretty focused on like, yeah, I'm in Indiana. I appreciate the call and, you know, obviously love you guys and, but you know, I'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So you took the job in Cleveland. Did you think of going anywhere else? Well, I guess it's kind of like college. I, I mean, thinking about as opposed, like how serious I was about going anywhere else. I applied to a bunch of schools, but it was really between Indiana and Miami, Florida. And man, my life would be very different if I went to University of Miami. Of course. Agreed. Yeah. But, but it never was really a serious consideration. I never visited Miami. Cleveland was the same thing. I was getting recruited pretty heavily by a lot of different places. And I suppose I, was a little, I took a, some more serious... Recruited alignment. by like other NBA teams, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'd, I was very fortunate that I had a lot of job offers out of college. I think I had like eight or ten job offers. What is all, that like? All around the NBA. Getting a job offer. I've literally never gotten one. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I consider, the, probably the ones I consider the most were Atlanta uh, with the Hawks and the Cavs. Those are probably the two most serious. But I, I, Not Phoenix or Chicago. Um, I, I could have gone to Sacramento, Charlotte. Um, you could have discovered DeBaby. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. Um, there was a few other cities that I'm going blank on, but I, I think I had, I had a bunch of different offers. And... But Cleveland was, a, it was like, in in our industry, um, Cleveland was the, the foundation that, of the place that everybody worked, you know, anyone who had become an executive at any other team had worked either for this franchise or for the people running the franchise. It was almost like, hey, you're being recruited to join the right family in the mafia and you're getting, you're going to the right one. Right. Not to say that I worked for the mob. Right. But, but there are families in our industry, right? And I joined a family that has been a part of this family has been extremely beneficial to my career. This is uh, when LeBron is there the first time. Yeah, I mean, I'd never been to Cleveland in my life. <laughs> I, I never watched the Cavs game before I moved there. So, yeah, LeBron was there the first time. He had been there for three years prior. Okay. So you're hitting on, like, prime young LeBron time. Yeah, my first year, 2006... Just made the playoffs for the first time. Right on. And there's a lot of excitement in the city. Um, and so we get there and, you know, the, the Cavs make the playoffs for the first time. This is a city that is extremely passionate about their sports, haven't won anything in 40 plus years at the time. And yeah, people, were, you know, this was, we were talking about, I remember we were talking, I'd be calling people on the phone and saying, now is your time to get in. This is like Chicago in the early 90s with Michael Jordan, like, you're going to keep kicking yourself if you don't buy season tickets today because for the, we're going to be sold out for the next 30 years. Did Damn. that work? To some people, it did. Unfortunately, Cleveland is a massive football town. So people, even though the Browns suck, people would, would much rather have 10, 
or eight or ten or twenty Brown season tickets, which is an enormous amount of season tickets, as opposed to buying four calf season tickets. You drove around at that time, surrounding like counties and yeah. Like, what was the furthest you drove to meet with companies to try to sell them on tickets? I mean, not my first year, but we went to Pittsburgh, went to Columbus, which were two two and a half hours away um, to sell season tickets Man. and suites. And and part of that is because um, we had there's no NBA team in Western Pennsylvania. And none in West Virginia, um, and none in Ohio besides the Cavs. So we had that whole market, and so we might as well leverage that to try and sell. And Cleveland's a market where I almost ran out of people and companies <laughs> to call to buy premium seats and season tickets and, and luxury suites because. So you know, hey, you might as well find go fishing in other ponds. And and people, there are a lot of basketball fans in Pittsburgh. So when you were stuck out there in a Cleveland winter, oh yeah, is there? <laughs> Is there anything worse? Mm. <laughs> the fact that you have to think about it. I mean, look, New York has its own uh, things that special qualities, I would say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Cleveland winter is no joke. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, much like working in baseball, which I'm sure we'll get to, is no yeah. joke. Well, luckily you, but, you live... But- yeah. You know, down the street from yeah, the stadium. Yeah, I lived across the street, so I had no excuse, unfortunately. So when it would snow three feet, and by the way, there's no such thing as a snow day in Cleveland. <laughs> so for those people who grew up in Minnesota or Iowa or, or Cleveland or Detroit, you're like, yeah, nodding your head. If you grew up in New York or D.C. and you're like, oh, snow days. Yeah, we love those. In Cleveland, you don't have snow days. So when it snowed literally three, two or three feet, we would just go to work. Yeah. And that was it. There wasn't like... Hey, we're going to have a two hour delay this morning. It was just, you go to work. So you worked a lot. Yeah. I think, you know, in, in, in but that was any, also your social life in any business, um, you get out what you put in. So in sales, in order for to be successful, I had to put in extra time, uh, because that's how I was successful. So yeah, I would go in really early and stay really late. And also I was working games and work weekends and trying to build a network in a city. I didn't know anybody. And you lived down the street from the yeah. house of blues. Mm-hmm. And you would go to different concerts. I saw Drake um, when he was coming up. I saw B.O.B. Okay. when he was first coming up. I saw The Cool Kids. Yep. Um, 88 Keys. 88 Keys I saw. Uh, Mick I, Boogie and uh, Terry Urban. Uh, I didn't see them at House of Blues, but Mick Boogie DJed Cavs games. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Roots you saw in I saw in The Roots Cleveland. at House of Blues. Um, oh, you went to the Jay-Z thing. Yeah, I mean, in Cleveland... When you had when you work for the biggest you know the arena, so we had Justin Timberlake, Jay Z, um, the Police, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, and Elton John. So we had every major show coming through that part of the country would come, and I would be able to you know that was my so you said that was my social life. Yeah. Just all my friends we would just get a suite and go watch a concert. Was there a ceiling for what you could do in Cleveland, Ohio? Um, not necessarily, but I think I always had a draw to to grow outside the organization and um so yeah i eventually had to leave to do that but great people phenomenal organization uh and it's a really good city i think if you know the, there's a lot of very good culture in that city that doesn't get appreciated but uh, you know like what the, there's an art museum that's fantastic i think it's actually free um one of the best in the country there's uh the best one of the best symphonies cleveland orchestra is there too and and is renowned um there's a lot of good food. Um, 
But, you know, there's also... Not a, three foot snow days. Three foot snow days. <laughs> there wasn't a ton to do, to do, even though I referenced a, a few things. Like, you know, you run out of those things pretty quickly. Yeah. You had a great apartment, which means... That, well, I, I was, it was a big apartment. I had a great big apartment that was extremely cheap. And had I purchased <laughs> it, I would have made a lot of money during the... Oh, man. The NBA Finals runs, the World Series, the Republican National Convention. I would have... I mean, I would have paid for my apartment 10 times over. You went to one finals with lebron yeah my first year out of college we went to the nba finals and i was like ah this is gonna be every year it's yeah gonna be incredible uh we got swept by the spurs <laughs> <laughs> and and i hate to say it uh I, I hope i'm not bad luck but every sports team i've worked for has not been to a championship since now i've worked for the super bowl so i guess that counts yeah, yeah. but you've been at some pretty spectacular games yeah, lebron's yeah. game winner in the playoffs right against the, the magic were you at the IU game? Um, no, not against. That Kentucky. was the year before. Oh, okay. No, the biggest IU game I saw probably was IU Duke, where we was were, that in we, football. No, <laughs> we we, uh, we we played Duke. They were number one in the country. They had JJ Redick and Sheldon Williams, mm-hmm. and they started the game off like eighteen nothing. Man, and then we came back and took the lead and then we lost BU almost beat Duke in the um in some basketball game oh wow yeah wow look so, at that shout out know. to you Jeff yeah um, my school has a very rich very rich sports I do I do want to I do want to jump forward just for a second uh to acknowledge that you uh were working for the Yankees for Derek Jeter's final game which was very exciting yeah I um, mean well before that I, I mean I, I worked a lot of great events uh, Mariano Rivera's last game. Yep. Derek Jeter's 3,000 hits. Yeah. And then Derek Jeter's last game. Yeah, so, we uh, get it. Every single Yankees game is special in its own but Der- way. But Derek Jeter's, um, which which one were we at? His I was able to get four three- tickets yeah. mm-hmm. to Derek Jeter's, three th- what was going to be Derek Jeter's 3,000 hit. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I offered uh, one ticket to Eric. Yeah. One ticket to Jeff. Yeah. And since Greg, out of all of us, grew up as a Yankees He's fan. He's the Yankees fan. Hey. I said, hey, Greg. I got two tickets for you for Jeter's. What's going to be Jeter's two thousand hit? Greg, hit game. What'd you say? I said absolutely, <laughs> of course, Wouldn't and I it. will be there on time for inning one. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so great. So I got there before the first inning. Eric, yeah. I, I was also there before the first inning. Dan, you were there for work. I was there early. Um, <laughs> Jay Z showed up uh, after the game started. Okay. Oh well. Now, Jeter had to get I think three hits that day, if I recall, <laughs> two or three hits. Jay Z showed up after at least one hit. Okay. So J- he was a little bit closer. Yeah, to he had twenty nine ninety eight. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Jay Z is smarter than all of us. He knows what to do. Okay. So get so it. He showed up fashionably late. Yeah. And Greg, not so fashionably late. <laughs> It's uh it's the first inning and of course Derek hits twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And I'm listening on the radio. <laughs> Dan, um when he moved to New York, when he started working with the Yankees, he got a parking pass. Yeah. For the for the employee lot right next door. And because yeah, Dan being, drove back to New York exactly. and needed a place to park. And then his car. also in another tangent story, gave me his car, which I wrecked after a few <laughs> hey, man, months of not on purpose. Owning. No. Not on purpose, of course. You were like in the middle of a bunch of cars that yes it's a other. very long story yeah. again for another podcast yeah, 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 the exactly. story for another yeah. podcast so he hits 29.99 in the first inning and i am 
I think I'm in the Lower East Side or something at the yeah, time. Yeah, you know where we were? In a suite. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you were. I was um, picking up my girlfriend at the time. We were going to come into the game. That's what I used the extra ticket for. So we're on our way up. She had to do like a hair appointment or something. I'm like, sure, we'll yeah. be fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Baseball games take forever. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, I understand how hits work. You yep. know, if you get up to bat twice, you get two hits, then yeah, there you are. <laughs> anyway, so finally get up to the Bronx. A lot of traffic, a lot of craziness. It's the third inning, I think it is. <laughs> And Jeter's back up again, and I'm listening on the radio outside in traffic waiting to pull into the parking lot. And I have the windows down. I can literally hear the crowd over the side of the stadium. And, of course, the radio's on a delay. Yeah. So Jeter's up to bat. Oh, my God. Here's the big moment. I'm sitting in the car, and I'm furious. (laughs) My girlfriend's hair looks fine, I guess. Who cares? And then, of course, I hear the crowd go absolutely insane. And then I hear on the radio, oh, my God, Derek Jeter, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Derek Jeter, 3,000 hits is a home run. Oh, my God, this never happens. Holy. Were you in the lot? I was not in the lot oh, yet. Oh, damn. Oh, you could have on the premises. I was about, you know what I was? I was probably, from that moment, I was like five minutes yeah. from being in the suite. And I walked in, and my, my <laughs> head was in my hands. And, you know, yeah, your what heart can I was... tell you? My heart was somewhere else, exactly. So, Dan, you you worked in Cleveland for how many years? Uh, Four and a half. You're selling lots of tickets, Mm -hmm. but you were not in a managerial position. No. At that time, um, Dad got sick. Yeah. Where were you when you got that phone call? I was at home. Uh, I was in my apartment at the top of the stairs and got the call and obviously was... Uh, extremely sad and upset and um yeah just powered through yeah well i mean what do you do you have any friends out there to talk to yeah i spoke to some some of my close friends some who had had similar situations with sick family members or other loved ones and so that helped to have just be well surrounded but you know being far from home during that time was difficult yeah i mean like you know and not just because greg's here but greg was a big help obviously like when we when we lost our dad um, because he had lost his and um, you know there's it's there's one thing that I always think of that Greg said where he's like you lose the cheat code you know it's like someone has all the answers and all of a sudden they're not there anymore so you're not home mm-hmm. you're in Cleveland mm-hmm. and how do you I mean how, how do you power through I you know for me it was just and this wasn't necessarily right or wrong what I knew was just um, continue to work hard and, and sort of try and compartmentalize my emotions, which is not easy to do. And again, may or may not be the right thing have, that I should have done at the time. But what I did was just compartmentalize it and, and really try and live every day uh, to the fullest and just kind of operate at the highest level I could. And, um, you know, I was able to have a very, you know, good year and, and uh, I wanted to share good things with with dad and mom and you guys from from Cleveland, and obviously when dad uh, passed, it was it was more about carrying on the legacy and just um, doing my best to to you know do do what I knew how to do, which was work really hard and and make myself and my family proud. Yeah, I mean, it, by the way, it's we're coming on ten years in a few days, and that's just like it's crazy. It yeah. is really crazy. It's really really hard to believe, but. Uh, you do make it through and you do sort of find it within you to sort of, you know, establish your own 
path, you know, and and carry things on. So, but it's a weird sort of confluence of events that LeBron leaves around that time that you in the spring. Yeah, in the spring, you start to look for new opportunities. Um, did you think about staying there? I mean, every year, I, every summer, I would think, all right, this, I'm going to go back to New York, and then I would just stay one, you know, one more year, and then I would get promoted, or one more year, and it was a great time to be there. It was a great organization. That's why I went there to begin with, and um, I remember how crazy it was on July 1st, 2010, during that whole free agency um, time. And By the way, there was a kid who walked up to us outside of the 4040 club, had a t-shirt that said like, Oh, right. Like, yeah. let's know, get LeBron back or yes, something. Or let's bring LeBron in or something like that. Right. And Dan saw that video and was not happy with us. Like we held up this shirt and we were just like, yeah, come on LeBron, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I forgot about you that. You can't like, I always say to people, I didn't grow up as, I grew up as a Knicks fan, but when you work for a team, you're the team behind the team. They pay your bills. Like you're the, you're a fan of that team. It's like working for Apple and carrying around an Android, which, right. by the way, I know is ridiculous anyway. <laughs> yeah, because who would ever, <laughs> yeah. who would ever have working an Android? For, yeah. Working for Coke and drinking That is Pepsi. very silly. You, by the way, when Shinsuke in his uh, green bubble oh text God. ruins all of our group chats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so I was I was really pissed off because I was like, look, that LeBron leaving would affect my livelihood, and I would hope that you guys were not cheering for that. So that's why I was pissed off. And and so <laughs> thank you for explaining that. Yeah. yeah. So so coincidentally, in quotes, mm-hmm. <laughs> LeBron left. Yeah. In well no but what was it like the night that he announced? You you watched it right? Yeah. We had to go in the office, and uh, it was it was uh, a like a punch to the stomach because uh, he's from Akron. He had we felt we had put him in a great position. To, to, to continue to be the centerpiece of the organization. I obviously was not a part of the courting of him. I, I, I mean, you had shared mm. an elevator with him. I have shared an elevator, but we haven't an spoken. Yeah. yeah, I've been on an airplane with him a couple of times. But it wasn't like I was involved in that process. Are you and guys, maybe that was the problem. Yeah, yeah I was actually. just going to say, what if you had said something in yeah, that exactly. elevator? So anyway, he, he leaves. See something, say something. There's a punch in the gut. <laughs> Dan Gilbert sends a letter out that night. In Comic Sans. <laughs> in Comic Sans, which was how Dan would write every email. That was his that was his thing. Yeah. Every email? Yeah. The, he, he was Comic Sans all day, every day. So that when it comes out in Comic Sans, it was like normal. Yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah. To, to us, to everybody else, it was not. So he writes this letter. Everyone in Cleveland thinks it's the best thing in the world again yeah. now years removed i think it was probably not the best move we're going to win before lebron will ever win a championship yeah and, and he, he also said some things about lebron which uh in the heat of the moment as a fan you say but you you know when you're a business partner and you're a uh, executive of a basketball team you probably shouldn't say those things so he took it a little bit he took it very far and obviously lebron took that stuff personally and as he should yeah and that fractured the relationship um, but in any case, I, I, yeah, I got recruited to go to the Yankees and it worked out very well for me to leave at that time and take on a leadership role. Big difference between being, you know, an employee and selling tickets and driving around, you know, all of Ohio to meet with all these people to managing a staff. Were you ready? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Damn right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. End of story. That sounds, I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was right. I was. I thought I was. I remember my, when, when I uh, walked into our 
senior vice president's office. And I said, I just hired the best staff that's ever been hired in the history of base or in the history of sales. Wow. And he was like, okay, here's your number. <laughs> go hit it. And it wasn't the best, thing. <laughs> but uh, they, no, there was some good people on that team. And, yeah. But you know, you learn a lot. I think what I did really well is I just learned from my mistakes and that's how I get better every year. I mean, I think you were excellent at building culture. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to learn, you, you learn from your mistakes. So I thought, I, I thought this is how we're going to do things. And I tried a couple of things and some of the things worked and some of the things didn't, but what, uh, what did work? I led by example, tried to be the hardest working person. Uh, we have another special guest. Now this is actually a mystery to me. Oh my God. Hey. <laughs> we're doing like a, this is your life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Thing. Basically, right. yeah. basically. No, 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 no. no. David, that's Nick. David, you can sit over there. Greg has a microphone that you can use if you'd like. You have wow. any questions for Dan, feel free to ask. Uh, we're up to Dan working for the Yankees. He's now working in management, you know, so he has a staff for the first time. And I can't believe David Cho is here. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's big get. Like, big it, get for it it's real. Can we talk about how, how. It took me 50 minutes to get here. <laughs> I'm of, not even out joking. Out of 294 <laughs> episodes, David Cho episode number whatever is my, yeah. my all time favorite. Yeah. Is that true? Absolutely true. You're biased. No. Because <laughs> we're friends. I, was listen, I listened to it multiple times in Costa Rica and I was on vacation and I, I thought it was a great episode. And I'll I be think, honest, Dan. Sounds like a bad trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a bad trip. And and you're the first person I think who had like a, a bonus like secret part of the podcast. What would you like, say your top three takeaways from your Yankees job were? Um, I know why they win. Uh, Which is what? One is you have to have good leadership. You have to put people in positions to win, and you let, let people do their job. I have a philosophy, and not change course every five minutes. What the Yankees do really well is they're steady, and they, they'll continue to try and improve, but they have a very high standard, and they don't settle. Team is so important. Yeah, team it's, is important. It's yeah. crazy to me. Like I, I feel like a lot of my life, I feel like I've worked with like really good teams, and I don't think I realized it at the time, how important having really talented people around you are is like to the entire process like you've also worked at some giant corporations yeah but like all that stuff it's like you you only really work with like the people around you you know what i mean i mean it's like okay great job bob Iger, i guess <laughs> but just kind of like but also i think it's just like the immediate people around you really being good at what they do i learned that at a bunch of places i've worked too which is how much culture matters and how to build it how to how to how to crush it um i was talking to one of my college roommates this past weekend and he works for uh, on the on the coaching side of a NFL team, and everything that we talked about in terms of why they're not winning or why they would win or places he has that have won, it's because of culture and that all those same things he was talking about. I was like, oh yeah, that's the same stuff that impacts revenue, sales, people being happy in their jobs. It it it, it matters. You listed a couple of things about working at the Yankees that that you learned and were very important, but you forgot. Yeah. Perhaps the best, most important thing is the stories about the interviews and the resumes and the hirings and firings that I <laughs> love so much. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of good ones. I don't know how many you can say, how much more time we have left, but uh, if you got a couple hours, the world needs to know. I mean, yeah, there were some good ones. Uh just just give us one or two little tidbits, because I mean, without names, of course, unless you want. Yeah, whatever. no. Well, I mean, I have to protect uh, identities, of course. Everything that's on Seinfeld <laughs> is true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anything that happened on Seinfeld that George 
did or George Steinbrenner did, there's an element or is exactly true. Mm-hmm. Keep it there. Yeah. George needs For his example, calzones, man. <laughs> now, when, when Greg referenced my car when I moved back to New York, I kept my car in the Yankees parking garage for six months straight. Didn't leave one time. So that's hard worker. Dan's yeah, Dan's yeah. a hard worker. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody did compare Dan to Costanza in high school. Yeah, I, I had some Costanza. <laughs> Just why? Pause. Why? Dan was very um, aggrieved, I would say, <laughs> in high school. Who did people compare you to in high school, though? Uh, Dan? <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah, everything on Seinfeld was true. There was one time somebody sent me a resume, and in the email they, that they sent the resume with, they said, like, here's why I should work for the Yankees. Da 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 da. P.S. I'm a big fan of It's the Real, and your brothers and you know would love to to work with you and them one day. What'd you do with that resume? Delete. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. If you go back to the episode uh, that you got, we told all told stories on. I don't remember yep. which. Episode. Open, open mic. mic open night. mic. Yeah. Yeah. I read an email that I got about some guy. I thought he said I. I <laughs> You should hire me because I'm great. I'm attention to detail. I do a lot of research, and I'm I would be a fantastic you know resource for the organization. In fact, I am a big fan of um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and the episode that you were on is <laughs> is, is incredible. Follow up question: Were you on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Well, let's just say that the guy who claims his attention to detail is so good, yeah. did not have good attention to detail. <laughs> no. Wait, so on, you weren't? Yeah, I was not on a, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. How much money did you win? I wonder why he thought that. Have you gotten that before ever? No. What, what, but I, and then I, I Googled and I found, look, Dan Rosenthal is not a unique name. Right. So there was another Dan Rosenthal, shocker, on yeah. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. We don't look the same. We don't, I, I don't know anything about He doesn't him. work for the Yankees. He does not. And so he must have thought I was that guy or he was me or whatever. If all of us were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, who would your phone call be to? <laughs> uh, mine would be to Greg uh, Mine would be to Greg too Yeah Greg are you that good at trivia? I'd call Jeff Yeah I'm so honored guys <laughs> I Wow like, I feel like Greg would call me I'd call Jeff I You know honestly I mean I, I don't know how it works I don't know if there's like You can you can list like two or three names Because no. it would depend on the topic just, Are you really about to say That you're not going to call me? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? I'm saying I'm saying I'd call you. Jeff's, I'm saying Jeff, I'd call Jeff you. Jeff has a, a good mind for trivia. No, I would call Jeff. I really would. Yeah. I would call Jeff. Yeah. This reminds me of when Greg Does and I. Does he? This reminds me of when Greg and I were in Spain this summer. What and, up? And we were we we were talking about Greg's one of Greg's undercover favorite shows, which is Amazing Race. Yeah. yeah. And and I go, Greg, uh, we've been on vacation a few maybe. times. Check that cupboard up there. <laughs> would you choose me? And. It was without hesitation. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Dan, I love you, but yeah. not my amazing race partner. Wait, so it's not gonna go with Bob. I would go with Bob. Yeah. Not Shin. Not Shin. By the way, Shin. I mean, Shin. It'd be incredibly entertaining. Has not made it. That show would be incredible. Actually, you know what? Like Shin would be dope. Shin but would be great. it'd be incredibly entertaining. They're both. See, the problem with Bob. Yes. Not to get into much detail <laughs> about someone who's not here, but. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna get into the weeds about Bob for a minute. Let me just go there for a second. Track star. Not to be, not to be a proxy to the listener. <laughs> Bob, we went to high school together. So these are all my high school friends that we're talking about. In three words. Our high school friends, sorry. Um, fast, non-athletic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so That's pretty good. There we go. That's pretty good. And then Costanza and a uh, guy you wouldn't call for trivia. Exactly. Got exactly. it. So, Dan, your Yankees experience lasted how long? 
I was there for five years. No championships. No championships. Thank you for yeah. reminding me. They won the year before I got there, and I hope they're they're on the verge of winning. Well, actually, soon. if if they had won, would you have gotten a ring? Yeah. There was a time when Rick Ross had a suite yeah. at the Yankees, and you had full reign of the building, and so you went over to the suite. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I wanted to go say hi to Rick Ross, and I walk in there, and I I should back up by saying. Working in sports, I've been able. I've been really fortunate to interact with a lot of people who should have no idea who I am. But also, I've been afforded to meet a lot of people that you guys know um, in a different environment, which has always been fun. So I walk in the suite, and the first person that looks at me is Angie Martinez. And Angie looks at me and goes, "I know you. I don't even know you." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'm the other brother." Yeah. And she goes, "What are you doing here?" I go, "I work here. What are you doing here?" <laughs> So I mean, she was there to watch her baseball. Yeah, that, that, that is, that is the answer. Yeah, which, yeah, which, was, right. which was a relatively similar exchange. Should have called had, David. <laughs> that I had at uh, Jeter's last game with uh, with a bunch of people as well. So you worked there for five years. Yeah. You left uh, right when Derek Jeter left. So when LeBron left, you left. When Jeter left, you left. And yeah, fucking I, I, bandwagon Dan. Yeah, yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very coincidental both times. I'll say that. But um, living in New York City is much different than living in Cleveland. Hell yeah. You were also... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Real shots at Cleveland. Wait, Eric, before you go on, can yeah. I ask Dan one question? Sure. Who would you say the most interesting like person that you ran into by way of Cavs or Yankees or whatever? Has I worked with Michael Bloomberg and got to meet him a, a couple times at the Yankees. Uh, presidential candidate? Presidential Michael candidate. Bloomberg. Yeah, It's he, an interest. Like he, he makes it, he's doing things that you're kind of like, who, Dan or no, Bloomberg? Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he was my client. Um, I didn't interact with him all that often. I worked with his assistant very closely. How but tall is he? He's a... Uh, small guy, big guy? He's, he's small. shorter than us, but he he's not like... That's a range, though. No, no, no. I think he's like... Honestly, I think he's like 5'8". Oh, wow. Um, Taller than five, you expected? 5'9"? Smaller than I... 5'8". Oh, is I thought small. that he was going to be 5'8". Yeah. No, he's notoriously oh, really? short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's short, but he's. it's not like... Is I, that notorious? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like he was like... 5'8"? Right wow. Yeah. Greg is the research department today. <laughs> Stop, boy. So, yeah, I, I got to meet him at the at the mayor's office and get a tour of the mayor's office. That was a cool experience. I mean, I've met a lot of executives of, of major companies. Who would you want to hear? Action Bronson? <laughs> No, I did. I did meet Action Bronson. How about how about J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith. I also met at the Yankees game and Kate Upton and Chris Rock. So I'm trying to think of what I wanted from Dan. I wanted a, I wanted a person with whom there's a story (laughs) attached where it was just like surprising. Oh, they were like a good J.R. Smith one. Yeah, most of the people that I interacted with weren't necessarily famous. So. a lot of the stories I have may just be very successful business people that none of us maybe have heard of. But, you know, they had a lot of funny interactions with people like when celebrities would come to games, I was their, their um, liaison liaison on the inside many times. And so uh, their, the, pers- the celebrity's assistant or their driver or their handler would call me when they, the celebrity got to the stadium and I would meet the group and walk them in the stadium. One time I got a phone call and I picked my phone expecting it to be somebody's driver or their handler. And I said, hello. And I go, Dan, this is Chris Rock. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he, he, yeah, he, was, he was super funny. He ended up getting on the front page of the paper because he got a – he was him and Bobby Cannavale. And they – Together? Together. 
and they got a, a foul ball hit right to him, and, and it was like all over the news because he didn't catch it. Um, so I was like, ah, I did my job. <laughs> yeah, Kate Upton, uh, who I'd met a few times before, and I, for whatever reason, I thought, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're best friends because we've met <laughs> twice in her life. Yeah, <laughs> seems uh, like a misread on your part, I'll be honest. <laughs> so so I, I went in and hugged her like we knew each other, and she's like... <laughs> so not Hugged her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, Dan. Me too. Yeah, time's <laughs> up. God damn. And then I put her in the front row behind the, the uh, Yankees dugout. Out of guilt or yeah, out of exactly, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no, to make I, up for I, it. No, they no, were no. friends. We were friends <laughs> in my mind. It's weird that I never went to a Yankees game, considering the... the we can go. I, yeah, well... Greg uh, almost didn't go to a Yankees game. So, so Kate, and then Kate, Kate got... Um, Justin Verlander wrote her a note on a baseball and threw it to her and that was this all. is at the beginning the, yeah they were dating at the time and then she was she wouldn't um we ask everyone to wear yankees gear um kate said hey i'm dating one of the players in the tigers can we do something different we so we we came to an agreement which worked out for everybody the hug <laughs> yeah yeah self-serving self-serving and then she went on uh michael and kelly the next day and was like making up she like flipped the story and basically said that we refused to let her wear tiger's gear which is not what happened so i'm correcting the record <laughs> one of my favorite stories you're talking about interesting is like Derek cheater's last game another day where everybody who's anybody was at that game and so i i walk in you know into my normal uh spot which was the, the lobby of the stadium and action bronson was standing there like looking a little bit confused and I knew who he was, and he he wasn't as big as uh, big in terms of his popularity. Not he's certainly a big yeah, guy at the yeah, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was with his mother, and I said, "Hey, action! Like, I'm Dan. Nice to meet you. I'm happy to take you to your seats." He's like, "Oh, cool!" And walked into his seats. He's a really good guy, and he was sitting in the front row, right behind home plate. Oh my god! Action Bronson just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, also that game uh, in a rod seats was Jay Z next to him, Bobby Flay, and so. I walked over to visit one of my actual clients who's sitting next to uh, Jay-Z's group. I was talking to him for a little bit. It was Jay-Z and then I, somebody that I recognized that never met before and was friends with Eric and Jeff. So I, I uh, climb over my client and walk <laughs> over because Bobby Flay's group got up and I walked over to Jay-Z's group and I sat down. Jay-Z looks at me like he's like, oh, who's this guy walking towards me like, kind of like leery as to why there's a fan going to come up to him at the game. And I don't say hi to Jay-Z. I sit down <laughs> next to uh, his friend who is Mike Kaiser. Who is our friend. That's our friend. Yeah. American Jeff's friend. And he was like eating the world's biggest uh, bucket of popcorn. But man, was it, The man and, loves and, popcorn. And, and, and he was like mowing through popcorn. And he was so excited to see me. Yeah. He was like laughing. He couldn't contain himself. Because he's like, what are you doing? There's an expectation there, right? Like, Jay's probably like, oh, yeah, everyone will, you know, walk over to say hi to me. But and, who's and coming I, over to say hi to the record executive? And, you know? I, and I had, a, I mean, I was wearing a suit. I had a credential. It wasn't yeah. like I was some stranger wearing a, you know, that was a super fan, even though I am. So, so <laughs> you tell me you were friends with Kate Upton? Kaiser. <laughs> Ka Did Kaiser, you give him a hug? <laughs> Kaiser, Kaiser was super excited that I was uh, talking to him and not Jay. So. Um, that made me happy. Dan, you lived with us for quite a while in our old apartment five blocks from here. I did. And we had a whole bunch of musicians and uh, entertainers stop by. And you would come home from your job at the Yankees. Yeah. And walk in on some podcasts. And people at the office would always be like, you know, 
how was your night last night? Like, oh, I'd come home from work and Cardi B is sitting at my kitchen table. <laughs> uh, Dave Wan from Chromia was like, literally like, he, he, he was like so surprised that there was another Rosenthal. He couldn't <laughs> believe it. Uh, most people were like, uh, they, it was like, kind of like they would like <laughs> not process it fully and I would just keep walking so they didn't have time to digest it. But Dave Wan was so shocked. <laughs> and, and and then like, yeah, Yo Gotti, I walk in and he's eating, literally eating barbecue with, and I was like, this is amazing. Was yeah. that when you guys were cooking the food? No, yeah, he, yeah well, but we weren't cooking. He, he, I feel like you guys only no, did no, that with three hours. Oh, yeah, Fasta ordered, Fasta ordered barbecue and I was like, this For is- For everybody. From yeah, where? This is blue smoke amazing. is blue smoke. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is incredible. Yo Gotti is at my kitchen table eating dinner with me yeah and then you know so that was that was pretty amazing i think it was also dope that like all the artists (laughs) would be surprised when they heard like the keys jingle and like the door like suddenly open with no like provocation it was just like uh there was other times where i would try not to interrupt yeah you used to sit on the stairs outside yeah but like wait what well we would say dan you do not have to sit outside but dan didn't want to interrupt the podcast and so he would just like chill outside yeah so but like other things that happened that were funny were like, you guys did your um, Dave Matthews Band's video yep. and, ha- and ordered like a million dollars in fake money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I literally, I just saw that on the um, <laughs> on the table. And I was like, oh, I need to take a picture of that yeah. later. Because it's just a great visual. It is. Yeah. So I took a picture of a, the bag full of money and put it on Instagram. And this girl I worked with was like, Came up, to, uh, came into my office, and was like, close the door, and goes, "What are you doing? What? What happened?" I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, "What did she think you were doing?" I don't know, but <laughs> it, it, I was like, "It's not real." Yeah, relax. It's, it's all good. I had that out because because my caption on the picture was just another day at the office. <laughs> she, she, she was like, "What is happening?" I have a stack of that because you gave. Yeah, did yeah, I, yeah, Did yeah. you give them out or did I take one? No, we gave them out. We, we gave them we, out. We labeled them as payola. And we yeah, put them yeah, in yeah. bags. So I had one in my, I have one in my apartment. Yeah. And like the first, or like one of the first few times, like my, the cleaning lady came. <laughs> she, she was always like, should I put this away? I was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then she was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, it's Just literally okay. That's fine. Yeah. It was always fun, surprised to see who would come home. And also like to be a part of it was like, oh yeah, Swiss Beats is in my kitchen right now. This is freaking awesome. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. So zone, zone, zone. Zone, zone. there was things that were I just like, pride thing and be a part of it was a cool way for me to be a part of what you were doing is this the 12th day of podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah oh this is gonna be the one yeah, yeah. this is it cool you do end up moving out yeah <laughs> i know I, I i know that you know that we all know that get your stuff yeah, yeah. wait so it's yankees and then what happens uh i got an opportunity to go to work for madison square garden that's right and, and then how long the, did that go i was there for two years uh i it was an a incredible sprint uh, did a lot in a short time. Saw everybody from um, a lot of Knicks games that were not a lot of wins, but a lot of Knicks Rangers games. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, twice in my time there. We uh, I saw the Pope. I saw. What was the Pope there for? Just the Knicks game? <laughs> no, <laughs> he was there for himself. Well, did he did like a thing? He, he did, did his thing, event. yeah. Which was he weird did a night. They, you know, like that day. How many nights did you? <laughs> just yeah. one. Yeah. 360 or did yeah. he did he it is weird did he fill it up 360 show he did so he did that's like what like sixteen thousand people for him no it was like um it was probably 19 plus oh so he opened up the full floor full floor uh What's his well rig but like? no that's not true because they had a stage on the floor it wasn't like the stage came out to like three to like he was surrounded but like the back was like really tight security um, so understandable. I, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was not a full 360. It was By the way, 70. But 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 
what's funny to me but he got 19,000 people in there yeah that's and, wild and and is it it was a very yeah diff- that's a pretty that's a pretty big but i feel like people probably came in from like all over. i mean no no i just mean like that he could fit that many people into oh, the garden oh, oh, not, not that he's not popping yeah I feel like <laughs> yeah the, okay. the pope's big and like you the know pope, i'm surprised he only did one night yeah yeah, yeah i know the pope how many nights did billy joel do well, we, we had uh <laughs> yeah billy does once a month we had we had you two for eight straight shows um when i was there so um, I mean, Aziz did three. Yeah. Yeah. So the so, Pope is really yeah. just lacking out here. Yeah. But the he Pope, needs a, he needs a what was crazy about team. the Pope, yeah. <laughs> not only was it not a, a comedy show or a boxing match or a basketball or hockey game, it was a religious event. So, like, literally in the concourse by, like, the hot dog stand, they have people, like, <laughs> doing confessionals with, like, <laughs> Oh really? Do yeah, they set yeah. up the little like boots? A lot of like, or re- no? everyone, a lot of like religious garb, like a lot of like uh, people wearing different religious garb. And then they ha- he was he's his English is f- is like not his first language, obviously, but it, he speaks English. But he would be speaking other languages throughout the ceremony. And on the scoreboard, they would have like um, subtitles. Subtitles. <laughs> but at one point, he was speaking Italian, and they just wrote. On the subtitle, speaking foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Um, what was security like that day? Insane. I worked, my office was literally 30 feet from the entrance to the garden because we, we were in two pen plaza. Which entrance? Oh, two? Two pen plaza. So in or, there, was, there was a line from the arena, I think like 15 blocks. And then I had a special credential to get me in and it took me... 45 minutes to an hour just to get through just to get to like the 30 feet they had cia fbi new york police department i mean every agency was there get the dogs it was and once people guard you had had to get there at a certain time where did he did he come in the in the car yeah so you had to get there mobile everybody had to be in the building at like let's say 3 30 he was going to come at 4 30 or something like that so you had everybody had to be there like and then there's a lot, they were going to lock the building down before he came. And then he came in, did his thing, and then he, 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 did the le- thing. he left before anybody could leave. You weren't allowed to leave until he left. You've worked for you know the Garden. You worked for the Super Bowl. You went to consult for the Tokyo Giants. Yep. What did you know about the Tokyo Giants beforehand? They're the biggest sports team in all of Asia. They're the Yankees of Japan. That's about all I knew. How much Japanese do you speak? <laughs> uh, I know. I knew before I went, I knew how to say konnichiwa. Good. And mm-hmm. I knew a couple, a couple of phrases he taught me a couple of years ago. So I had to like refresh my memory. Yeah. Like one was doi uh, um, day, which I don't remember what that means. Um, I think that means like uh, you're welcome, there's maybe. Like a, there's like a handful of Japanese people like screaming at their phones right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, mean, I think that means you're welcome. How disrespectful of Dan! Yeah. Right. So I, I I knew I knew a couple of f- like phrases, but none that you can use in the same sentence. And then I once I was there, I learned a few more. Did you enjoy your time out there? Amazing. Maybe my favorite place I've ever visited. More than New York. Well, I live in New York. <laughs> yeah, but you said that it was like your favorite city that I've ever visited. Yeah, I don't visit New York. I, I thought that we had talked about this off the mic, whatever. Yeah. When you walk into the whole team meeting and the all hands meeting, when yeah, you yeah. first walk in, yeah, what do you say to these people? Great question. So I, I, I'd never done. Thank you for coming through. Greg. Come on now. Wait, Come did on. Did you set that up? Or did you, did you know this story? Or <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we've talked at many at length about <laughs> no, this. I mean, I, I'd never consulted before. I'd, so I. 
sort of knew what I was doing. Obviously, I've worked in, in the business for a long time, so I, I'm not going in blind, but I, it's a new country I've never been into been to before. And so I didn't really know what to expect. So we walk into their office, and there were some things that were familiar, but in terms of how the office was set up. And there, the uh, my friend was like, okay, we're going to have you speak to the whole staff. And I was like, oh, okay. So do you want to say something? I'm like, sure, unprompted and on the fly. And I made up something on the fly, and I, I was just like very happy to be here, and thanks for having me. And everyone was so in awe because I worked for the Yankees. And in, in Japan, baseball is like the sport. So if you work for the Yankees, like you're coming from like heaven. So everything I said was gospel to them. <laughs> See, really religious pod today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everything. So, so yeah, I, I said. Uh, you said A, B, C. Yeah. <laughs> always be closing. I did, I did say that a couple of times. Damn right you did. You were out there for a few weeks, traveled around, enjoyed yourself, yeah. ate well. The food in Japan and Tokyo is next level. David Cho gave me some great recommendations. In fact, he was just there. And the place he told me to go to, you just went to, and and I was so jealous. Wait, Jeff, did you end up going to visit him or no? No, because I remember that was in the in the conversations. That was, um, I feel like, I think that the the idea was that if Dan was to go back, we would go again, um, but I don't think that we would be there. Like you were only there for two weeks, right? And and yeah, but I just remember every place I ate was like. This place is inc- is amazing. It was like, oh, it's okay. This I place mean, that's is- it's it's really like the culture of the place is like it's it's so optimized. There's yeah. no, it's like everyone's just so on their shit. It's like you can go to the most shitty place and it's still really good because it's like they're really trying to make sure it's the best thing it can be. Correct. It's like you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, and and again, I appreciate your recommendations because the places I did go to were not the the worst of the best. They were just amazing. So they were really good. Hey, great job, me. Yeah. <laughs> great job by David. Yeah. Dan, you've traveled a bunch. Um, you've been to a lot of different countries, taken a lot of really dope photos. What do you get out of your traveling experiences? I just love seeing new places. And I do love taking pictures more so when I'm abroad, just because it's a different scenery than I've seen. Greg and I went to Mallorca this, uh, in September, and I, I just had never seen anything like it. It was like, it was like a <laughs> it was like it wasn't even real when i was in japan like again it was a place i just could never even have pictured before so i think i love to to capture those and and really um you know we as everybody else does i do it all for the gram right well so. yeah but I mean, you <laughs> do yeah, but, love so you do love instagram but you also love the hashtags that you put in for instagram i do i put a lot of thought into my travel hashtags um and you know it's that's that's partially why I do it. I think it's it's fun to have to have a, you know, a, a calling card, and that's and that's mine. One of my Instagram favorite ones, hashtag. I've done feeling good, feeling great, Britain, money cash. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good money one. cash, Costa Rica. That's my favorite one. That's a great one. Uh, you gave me a couple too, man. Um. Oh, Jewish and Clark for when we went. <laughs> Who was Clark? Did you go with someone named Clark? No. Oh. That one is better if you went with someone named Clark. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Clark and that's true. I mean, Jewish and Clark is good, yeah. but it's really good if you have a friend named Clark. <laughs> go true. with Clark Kent. Yeah. There you go. Just call him I, up. I saw Clark when I was looking at apartments, and, and, uh, and we saw, remember we saw Clark Yeah, Kent. I do remember. And his yeah. wife. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, what are you guys doing then here? And you're like, Dan's buying an apartment. And he goes, oh, someone's rich. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not rich. And also, while my social media game is not... Um, the broadest 
Um, I would say my my game is very strong, and Barack Obama does follow me on Twitter. Oh, there we not go. You guys, there so we that, go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I had to find a way to bring that up. <laughs> do, you, do you guys take that personally from Barack? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, actually, uh, Barack, if you're listening, at Barack, at Barack, should he be? A, yeah, follow at Barack. I just want to say this too. Like, it's not like he follows me. I joined Twitter. Eric and Jeff follow me, and the second person to follow me was Barack Obama. So, we, <laughs> yeah. we followed wow. you first. Yeah. Yeah. But Obama still didn't follow us. <laughs> it's amazing, us. actually. How did yeah, that happen, Dan? That's pretty Dan? dope. Hey. Jeez. And yeah. you were a private account, right? Yeah. So, he's, yeah. That's an extra level. <laughs> Barack, like, definitely clicked the button, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Barack was just sitting on the can oh, he, one morning. He, 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 was, he was scrolling he was Twitter office, and found it. Yeah. This wasn't, like, post-op. This was, he was no, in office. did you, like, text him beforehand or something? Uh, Jeff, I don't want to get into my communication with, with the <laughs> former president of the United States, but listen, he follows me on Twitter. Yeah. Does not follow anybody else in this room. <laughs> oh, well, wait. Me. wait <laughs> no, uh, I was like, nobody else? <laughs> Do you have any more questions for Dan? What's your favorite verse that you've rapped? Wow. <laughs> no comment. Wow. Wow. Good question. Good question. I think I only have one. I don't think there's only one verse that... Oh, Tell us. That's not true. One? I've you read more verses, but there's only one that's like, I I didn't write any of the rhymes I've ever rapped. Not what? one of them. Not one. Yeah, no. you did. That's not true. This, this it is. is. No, it's revisionist history. Nope. You guys wrote them all for me. Wow. That's not true. We wrote we wrote some. Anyway, it's cool. <laughs> like to as we've talked about before to be Wait, a part. I know. Yeah. Wait, Dan, I do have one last question. Like, what what was it like the first night you didn't live with Jeff? Um, <laughs> What were you saying? <laughs> that I've been able to to um, meet a lot of people through you guys. So like, um, you guys have talked about like how cool it is to be around people we all looked up to and listened to and like um, thought you know just just love their art so much. And then to be able to to go to a barbecue with the locks like that was like like I think my my sliver of your life is is incredible when styles uh, hits me up on Twitter like and I like I've, I love that um, but I've met a lot of cool people who I never would have met without you guys like David Cho obviously Karen Rose uh, John Caramanica I was at um, and I mean so many you know the all the Henny Palooza Duce Palooza guys um that I, I've gotten to meet and be a part of, and just to begin to be a fly on the wall to, to what you guys have done. I mean, even people that um, I was in Minnesota at one of the biggest and best games in Minnesota sports history, which is now called the Minnesota Miracle, which was one of the biggest games in, in uh, Vikings history. They beat the uh, Saints on a last second touchdown, and, and it was incredible atmosphere. And to my right was. Bridget Kelly, Very awesome. which was, you know, someone I would have never met without you guys. And she that was like a thing where we never even met before. I was like, oh, you know my brothers. <laughs> Same thing with DJ Ski when I was at Minnesota. Um, when I was down in Atlanta, I met a bunch of people through you guys. I mean, it's been really cool to say like, oh, yeah, I was in the studio with Nipsey Hussle. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, the, the, the respect that, you know, I have for him and what he's built and, and obviously his legacy he's left behind to say I got to meet him once was just incredible when we were down in Atlanta. So yeah, I think like when we go out to LA and, and um, just to be able to ride around with you guys. And I remember even going back when I used to come back from Cleveland and we would get recognized. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> right? And you're like, Oh no, it, it only happens when you're here. <laughs> 
So now like to live in New York with you and now to be on your podcast is sort of like a surreal moment. Even now my friends who know you guys or know your friends that don't know them, but listen to your podcast. Like my friend, shout out to Dave and Rob Glenn, but Dave lives in Milwaukee. And one time he's like, Oh dude, this guy, Mouse Jones is amazing. And I'm like, (laughs) the fact that you know, Mouse Jones is like blows my mind. Like, so it's cool that to see how broad your network is and also how much my friends have really embraced what you guys do because like, everyone thinks it's super cool. But well, I think also, it's a, every single one of our friends mm-hmm. likes you more than us. Well, yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again. I, w- I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a lot of necessarily people, us. I would say <laughs> I maybe make it just you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> but, you know, every time I see like Rory or Karen or, you know, they, they, they always, David, like, they, they, I got like Ashley. The, Ashley, I'm always the favorite. Yeah, Ashley, definitely. I'm the, I'm the favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's a long list. Oh, Styles. Uh, Styles. Well, Remo. Remo's been pushing for this for a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Oh, and and Brian Craft. Brian yeah, Craft, yeah. definitely. But I think it's a it's a testament, honestly. Like, I mean, obviously, it's the end of the year, so we can talk about. It. Like, I think the last year for you guys on this podcast has been really big, and I oh, think thanks. it's been, you know, it's cool to see. You know, not to make this not about Dan, but it is cool to see what you guys have done over the last year, and I think the grind is, is, is very evident. You know, I think if you look at kind of like the list of guests from this year compared to last year and it's like the organization around it, even like the 12 days, like no shots at anyone who was on it last year, obviously, yeah. but like the caliber of guests this year has obviously been really I agree. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a good way to end the show. Yo, Dan. The music's coming in now. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, thank you. Yeah, I think I, I agree, and, and uh, I'll second what David said. This, this is the this is the best year yet, and I can't wait to see what's next for all of us. Right on. Well, Dan, thank you so much for, for coming through. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Congratulations to you for a life well lived to this point. Greg, thank you for showing up. David, thank you for showing up. Nick, as always, man, we appreciate you. No thanks to Shin. And no thanks to Shin. Yeah, <laughs> and his green bubbles. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's The Real, day number 12 of our fourth annual 12 Days of Podcast. Jeff, if you want to find out more about us, I'm Eric with the curly hair. You are Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. If you want to find out more about this podcast, it's called The Waste of Time with It's The Real. And if people want to find out more about what's going on with us, Jeff, where can they Go! You can always go to itstherreal.com, go to our website, go check out that newsletter, go check out our merch. We got a lot of links, and you can <laughs> click them all. Go check out all of our episodes, which are streaming on all streaming platforms. I'm talking about YouTube, I'm talking about Google, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, CastBox. Is SoundCloud the forgotten system? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's still there. You can also find us on Twitter at It's The Real and Instagram at It's The Real. Okay, so we asked people to check in and if they wanted a shout out, let us know what episode of the 12 days they liked most and why. And there's a bunch of you who wanted to check in and get your shout out. So Jeff, here we go. Cherry Poppins from the Officially Street Podcast said Tanache was my fave. I love her and can I go to Taco Tuesday with y'all? Okay. Also, I want to say shout out to Cherry Poppins because I kind of did throw her under the bus uh, in the middle of this podcast run and said she cherry picks. Shout out to Cherry Poppins. I appreciate her and look forward to seeing her at Taco Tuesday. She also definitely only listened to one episode. (laughs) 
Shout out to Lawrence R. Comedy who said Young Baby Tate and her come up were the best episode. Ramon DS said that one is easy. Hands down Cam and his theory on dinosaurs. Haha. Aha. Abu Kalves, our man from London Town, said Bun B because he is hilarious and has so many stories. I agree. C Notoriety said Cameron discussing wanting to cast Jeff in a music video. This needs to happen. I agree. Big Maker from South Florida said Cam's episode finally Flea returns to South Harlem. Mm-hmm. Devin, no one cares. Said the Bun B one was amazing, but when you two and Jinx link up, it's always a collection full of gems. It yeah. seems accidentally. I don't know that's a sentence. Wait. It's always a collection full of gems. It seems accidentally. That's what makes it a classic. All right. Yeah, you know what? R- roll with it. Yeah. I will not turn down a free compliment. Real CBG said the Bun B episode because hearing a cordial discussion with one half of a top three rap group of all time is always great. Mm-hmm. Ain't no Jigga. Jay-Z himself. Yes. Said Cam got the most traction, but I really like the Tanache joint. I'm glad she kept hope and sorted her situation out. Glad she is part of The Rock. Yeah. City Chase said Jimmy's because it doubles as a review of Cam's also. Totally great. One Hana. Will Prince Art said Bun B talking about meeting Obama. Crazy story. He also said Cameron and Dinosaurs a close second of course. Yeah. Elvis Sixtor. <laughs> what language is that, Joe? Elvis Sixtor. El- I don't know. Whatever. Whatever your name is, shouts to you. Cam's episode and how he was bragging about being a great basketball player, then seeing that video of him missing the shot. And so that refers to the complex video on Twitter of Cam and Jimmy uh, in dress clothes and dress shoes playing basketball. By the way, I think that they were sort of camming it up. I don't think that was really that was a bit. Like, that was from a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know where complex like. But also, to take that. obviously, Cam did better than Jim, so I would still think that Cam was a Jim. Rob Cornelius said, kill a cam because you gotta believe in Flea. Yeah. Shout out to his new project. JW the Dude said, Bun B, all of his stories are great, but the Mexico one has to be the best one. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if I've laughed harder than he's running that. That was a great story. Uh, Trey Martino said, the young king, Jorge Peniche. Been watching him from afar for a while now. He's responsible for a lot of classic content. Y'all really dug deep. The marathon continues. Yes, sir. Uh, Jorge Peniche, I enjoyed behind the scenes grind TMC was also said by Extra Watch. I P T Y Z I L T L. Don't even try to figure it out. Yeah. Don't know. Okay. Said the ill mind episode when he talks about him recording in his room and his mom asking who he was screaming at. Ha ha ha. <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on, Jeff. Yeah. Was that quote unquote user a bot or not? I'm going to say bot. Draft ATL said, I want a shout out. Of course, Killer Cam is first. Shout me out. Ahala, dum dum, Ben Stiller voice. I don't. Hey, man, you did it. Go ahead. I don't know. Jeff, my man, the culture of me, mm-hmm. said, Bun B for real, for real. Yes. Trav Dave from the O H I O said, My favorite episode so far is The Real Goats. I love his story. Shouts to uh, James Rico from Real Goats. Yeah, the Midwest checking in, you know. Uh, Jesse Broom said, loving the Tanashi episode and listening to her try to describe the part of Glendale, La Crescenta, <laughs> she's from, was quality stuff as someone who lives 10 minutes from there. That, that, is, that was pretty great. This is Chris G said, I haven't had the time to listen yet, but can I just get a shout out? No. no. B.R817 said, the Cam episode was fire and my AKA is BRLOL. LOL. Smash Lames said, Ford Jefferson Pod was great. Shout out to the Tucson Hip Hop Festival. Yeah. All the hip hop is coming out of Tucson. 
Um, Cash Money Josh said, Cam for sure, probably the best Cam interview I ever saw. Also, it helps that Eric labeled it as the best Cam interview <laughs> of 2019. Go check that out on YouTube. Mind of KB said, Cam was my favorite episode, and I like that he admitted to having his closet divided into what he's worn, what he hasn't, and what he's been seen with. So uh, our friend Tere, who is on Sirius Satellite Radio, is a rapper and yeah. is from Coney Island, but lives in Atlanta, um, said that he appreciated it because he, too, separates his clothes in his closet by what has been worn, what has been photographed, and what is new. What a world. <laughs> so dumb. It's true. Daniel Agion said the Cam interview or Ross. Now, Rick Ross episode was not part of this, but whatever. <laughs> Go listen to the Rick Ross episode, everybody. Go watch the Rick Ross episode. I am Scott Free said I like the Jim Jones one, TBH, just for the simple fact that he was eating again. No, wait. The Ill Mind one was dope, too. I wondered why y'all never brought up the Ill Mind of Hobson series. They were dope. I don't know what you're talking about, but... <laughs> I am happy that uh, I am Scott Free reached out because he was asking why he hadn't been shouted out, and this is a good place for him to get shouted out. Also, on cue, just texted our friend on cue, the rapper and from former Los Angeles, California. Yeah, and previously from elsewhere. Yes. Said, yo guys, just wanted to send you this outside the group chat, but I just wanted to say this new episode with Jinx is really good. I threw it on getting some shit done, and I wanted to say it's an important episode. Imposter syndrome, whether or not you're making luxury goods, etc. All the thoughts you guys are speaking on resonate with artists as well. Clearly, it's about creating content. Happy holidays, y'all. And he said, it low-key reminds me of the Andre 3000 and the Ruben episode. Jeff, we're back next week. How nice is it to say that? Yeah, just one episode. One episode. One episode in one week. That is all we're delivering. We are not doing any more 12 days, <laughs> 12 podcasts until one year from now when Eric, that's when I'm going to burn the apartment down. That's what it is, Jeff, as always. Now for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrrah.